Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. So is it Swole Valeno or Joe Swolveno or Vols Valene Swole? I feel like Swole Valeno just worked its way up to the top there. I was just going to go with Joe Vascular. That's better. That's a little bit more creative. Evan, I think this is your expertise. I've got nothing. I've already explained to you that I am a, I'm dead today. No, just I, today, huh? Yes. <laughs> you need to start coming to podcasts and telling us when you actually have energy. Um, I have a caffeine bottle of caffeine pills in the car if you need one there, champ. No. <laughs> You sure know because you don't exactly know how to medicate yourself. That is true. Three quarters of the way through the last podcast, Brad and I had to bring you an allergy pill. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that one lasted me a while. It was good. <laughs> and that's the difference between uh, top end athletes like Joe Valeno and us. <laughs> Very much so. Bunch of just meatheads. Oh, man. The heat today is brutal. I am not at all interested in being outside for any period of time we've been promoted to the second planet from the sun i think <laughs> well sweltering uh, a little bit more rosy cheek than we maybe we'd like to be for the podcast uh welcome to the winged wheel podcast here to talk detroit red wings hockey nhl and just generally make fun of evan i'm ryan hannah i'm just here to bitch i'm brad crisco and I'm Evan. Yeah, even the people who don't like you will appreciate that one because that one's pretty honest. Yeah, people can call me a lot of things, but they can never call me a liar. <laughs> you do have the conviction, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm honest to a... If you ask Crystal, I'm honest to a fault. It's oh, a problem. Man. So, um, it's funny how certain summer episodes just randomly bring up all of their... Uh, the content at the same time, but this is a pretty content heavy episode. So we'll see what we get to today. Uh, what we plan on talking, talking to you about is a little bit of news about the Red Wings. Obviously, Steve Eisman bought out the remainder of Franz Nielsen's contract, which has implications for, uh, the roster construction and the team moving forward. So we'll discuss that. Um, I mean, the whole story is that Joe Valeno is in incredible shape. So I don't know how long we'll talk about it, but it's worth making a note of. Uh, there is the little, um, scare slash probably just a false alarm thanks for nothing fanatics about uh, sergey fedorov's jersey being retired um and then there is of course uh the big unfortunate news of jersey ads on their way and then uh arizona the saga continues good news this time just kidding it's the usual bad stuff <laughs> things are going so well there <laughs> But before any of that, uh, I want to talk to everyone about the Jamie Daniels Foundation, which is an organization that we're proud to partner with and promote on this podcast. The more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those in need. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels and founded by Jamie's father and Red Wings lead announcer, Ken Daniels, and Jamie's mother, Lisa Daniels Goldman. They strive to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those struggling with the disease or who are in recovery to learn more and offer your support visit jamiedanielsfoundation.org all right so the arbitration windows for adam ernie and um uh jacob Vrana actually provided a an additional win buyout window for the red wings so because uh after the red wings settled their deal with adam ernie they had a uh, period thereafter which they could uh conduct any bios that they wanted to and of course 
the news here is that Franz Nielsen, uh, the remainder of his contract uh, was bought out by Steve Eisman, which uh, was speculated upon, but thought maybe wouldn't happen because the ultimate cap savings would be minimal, but it still ended up coming through, which was in my mind, a pretty pleasant surprise if not just for like the message of it, but still it it does have actual very real roster implications moving forward. Yeah. And I think the roster implications are all that really matters here because I I think the Red Wings save a little bit of real world dollars here, but barely anything. Um, The cap savings this year are minimal and the 500,000 cap hit added to the following season is also basically nothing. So not a lot of financial implications here, but the Red Wings have their NHL roster plus a boatload of prospects coming up, a boatload of prospects coming over, and then a pretty healthy roster in Grand Rapids. So even though it doesn't seem like much, Franz Nielsen taking up one of those spots is less than ideal because the the one saying I've been saying on this podcast that I was parroting off of um, another account for a while Seems to be coming to fruition this offseason. The I can't wait for the day NHL teams play young players who might be bad instead of old players who are bad. Mm-hmm. And Sean McIndoe says that. No, I want to. I feel like it was one of the analytics guys, but mm. I don't remember which one. Yeah. Um, it was. Evan, I want to say it was. I want to say it was Micah actually. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, Helm, Glenn Denning, Philip La. And Nielsen, all gone. It, part of me wants to, uh, the the petty part of me wants to just think this is Eiserman taking away all of Blashill's toys. That's kind of like a final warning, but I don't think that's Eiserman's style. No, no. I think this is legitimately just the offseason of turning the old roster to a young roster. I think the Red Wings average age went from near 30 last season to now it's under 27 uh, as of this moment. So I really think that's all this is. And I know a lot of people have been trying to read a lot more into it. I don't think it's that deep. The This really, to me, does signify that this is now Eisenman's team. Like There are, of course, some like hanging pieces left over. Of course, uh, Danny DeKaiser still has one year left with his $5 million deal. That's probably the last remaining, like, not good deal like outright bad deal that that's on the red wings and then he does have the cap hits from you know franz nielsen's remaining cap hits 4.25 this year as opposed to the 5.25 he would have had and then 500,000 next year um and justin ablicator who has five more years of cap hit left two point about 2.3 for the next two seasons and then just over a million for the three seasons thereafter so are there like vestiges remaining of the of the Holland era and or the buyouts that Eisenman had to use? Yeah, of course. But really, like this is the big changeover for me. We're no longer talking about anchor contracts on the Red Wings. Anything that comes up, it's no longer Ken Holland era. It's no longer that period of time with the Red Wings. Eisenman in just over two years has completely wiped the slate clean. All that's remaining is worth worthwhile contracts short contracts and for the most part stuff that was within Eisenman's control when it was signed or if it wasn't it's worth keeping so I mean dramatic to say and it's not like it's only true now but this really is Eisenman's team at this point well we're not excusing you 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 still gotta go there oh what else is there to say (laughs) (laughs) no so now the the prospect looking forward is uh, you mentioned this brad 
it's Eisenman. Um, this was more of a roster move than anything. Like the 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 messaging, yeah, of course that stands, but it's a roster move because, like you said, the cap savings are minimal. And actually, net, you know, the the Red Wings could have done more just by burying the guy because I think they would have saved just over a mil uh, by burying his contract in the minors because obviously he would have cleared waivers. They save a net five hundred thousand dollars over the next in cap over the next two seasons because he had one year left at five point two five. So. You know, this isn't an earth shattering move and it's not a cap move. Detroit has a world of cap space. It's not about that. It's about the roster. So now what does this mean for the Red Wings roster next year? Are they leaving space for, you know, a Bergeron or a Lucas Raymond to potentially make this team or a Joe Valeno to make this team and cycle through 13 forwards? So we talked about this last episode, and the more I think about it, the more I think it's... The Patreon-exclusive episode. Oh, that was a Patreon. Yeah, so on yeah. Patreon-exclusive, when we kind of talked about this, so I'll reiterate it. The Red Wings almost have a depth problem now, but it's finally a good problem because they don't have a lot of vets. They're in a position right now where they can probably carry eight defensemen pretty comfortably with, let's say, Osterley and Lindstrom being healthy scratches night in, night out. Of course, that's probably going to rotate, but let's for simplicity's sake. And then Witkowski is the 13th forward. And then the rest of the roster actually maths out really perfectly for what we would like. Now, that presents a depth problem because they're one injury away from Luke Witkowski having to play, which is a problem. <laughs> But it's also a depends good- on who you ask. I think Evan might be for the Luke <laughs> Wikowski player. I'm here for the chaos. <laughs> so we all love Wikowski, but I'm just talking about him as a hockey player. Yeah, um, that unfortunate context. But the good problem is now, if there's a midseason injury and or, or two, we're not seeing Wikowski. It's Valeno, Bergren, Raymond first on the phone to come up and get a handful of games to fill in for a hypothetical Robbie Fabry injury or a Sam Gagne injury. So rather than, oh, injury, Franz Nielsen time, or we're bumping Darren Helm up the lineup, those days are dead. Mm-hmm. And those have been the, that's probably been my biggest gripe in the history of this podcast is can we stop doing this? And now there's no option to do that, which is just wonderful. Yeah. Like if we reach a point where, you know, Mitchell Stevens is having, is doing really well in the fourth line, or the third line or whatever, and you know what what some Tampa fans have mentioned, which is that he's got a lot of skill and he's a high-energy guy. He just needs to stay healthy and have the minutes. If that all comes into play and Jeff Blaschel says, yeah, you know what? I need some stabilizing presence. Mitchell Stevens is doing well. He's been in the game for a little while now, and they move him up. I feel way better about that than you know having to push Darren Helm up the lineup again, which – you know, none of this is slander against Helm or Glendening or uh, whoever it was because it wasn't their fault. They were asked to do a role which they really weren't equipped to do at this that stage in their careers. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think the actual story here is that not like Dubas did to Babcock in Toronto where he got rid of his toys, so to yeah. speak. I don't think that's what what happened. What's happening here with Eisman and, and Blashill? It's just the nature of your team gets better. There's less. If you pick something up, it's more likely to be a worthwhile option. Yeah, and it also opens up the opportunity for some random chance good luck because there's stories all over the NHL, if you look close enough, of this guy was a nobody prospect, there was an injury, he came up, and all of a sudden he scored 20 goals. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Detroit because it's more rare than it is common, but among the 32 teams, there's a few of these guys every year. So instead of Franz Nielsen being the guy coming in and we know what he is, 
maybe a Chase Pearson comes in and does something. Maybe Taro Hirose finally puts it together this year. Maybe Joe Valeno just yoked Valeno here is just <laughs> goes off. Like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but people, players break, beat the odds all the time. So now that's something that could conceivably happen in the next year or two, which has never happened in the history of this podcast. Yeah. And I don't want to, uh, I think Red Wings fans should be careful to not get their hopes up. If Valeno or, Ra- or not Rasmussen, um, Berggren or Raymond or any player that's coming in and has an outside shot at camp, if they have a bad camp, they're not making the Red Wings to start the season. I th- think if they'll have a good camp if there's no injuries they're not making the most yeah season. like they're gonna have they're gonna be on the outs yeah the, the moving nielsen does just remove one block though i do think that does make things a little bit there's a little more light at the end of the tunnel we are one training camp injury at forward away from one of these guys almost having to make the team unless it's like a fourth line guy and then you could plug in chase pearson but yeah. it does like again uh, Bertuzzi, Fabri, Gagne injury. Yeah, we're probably getting one of them. It's probably Valeno, which is fine. Um, but without with with some injury luck, and the Red Wings go in relatively healthy, I don't think we see any of those three in Detroit to start. Can't wait for an old Brian Lashoff call up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's gone now. I know. Yeah. The we're the Red Wings are far away. Like we are far away as a podcast from having the conversations that like Tampa fans are having, which is like, do we want Stamkos on the second or third line? And like, that's the biggest fight they'll have on any given night. But for us to say, I put out a poll about Rasmussen. Um, and for us to be having the conversation of who should be the third and fourth line centers this year. And you have Rasmussen, Valeno, Mitchell Stevens, ostensibly as the, the front and center options. We'll see how it shakes out. Like, look, it's not, that's not like a playoff caliber team you're having this argument about them but it's a very nice feeling to be able to be dis- to be even be able to discuss that kind of thing without a you know Kool-Aid man style Luke Lendenning burst through the door and i like Luke Le- Luke Lendenning but it's just different to be able to to kind of look in that lens now of of the Joe Valeno and where are we playing Rasmussen it's nice to see the roster take shape and it's nice to after literal years of talking about clearing out the crap from the previous era it's here now. Like this is as blank as the slate is going to be. One, two contracts, Jacob Verana, Michael Rasmussen for a total of less than $7 million between the two of them are signed and through 2023, 2024, everyone else ends in 2022, 2023, or even sooner. It's weird. It is a bizarre feeling. We're so used to just, Four, five, six, seven-year contracts to absolutely terrible players. <laughs> Look, I know I like we're using um, Barkov and whoever else as an example, which is like the percent chance of that is less than one, far less than one. Like, do not get your hopes up. It's so, low. I wouldn't say it's that low. I would probably push. I that. could see the Red Wings going heavy to that table. It, there's still a, a longer odds team, but but here's the thing. We are now able to sanely have this conversation. Yep. No one's going to pick us up and throw us in a padded room for talking about offering big money to big name free agents. Yeah. We're going 12 by 7 for Barkov. <laughs> I would be over the moon if he signed for 12 by 7. Yep, same. What was the last big name free agent we actually seriously talked about? Was it Steven Stamkos? Talked about or got? Because talked about was Stamkos. Talked about on this podcast, like as in as this might happen for the Red Wings. Yeah, and that was that never was an option. They didn't even get in the room. 
the most brain dead GM play of all time. Oh. Well, maybe not of all time, but of recent memory. Hey, <laughs> that storyline's wrapped up because our consolation prize was Franz Nielsen. <laughs> and uh, I mean, at the time, at the time when we were like, okay, if we're not going to rebuild, we may as well go for it. Uh, we liked the move of offloading Datsuk's contract, and we ended up with Veronik still. But uh, watching Jacob Chikrin play in Arizona, it hurts. That was I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. That was the one where I went back through my timeline and I was tweeting pictures of Jacob Chikrin yeah. at the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, once he got past pick fifteen, and then when Bettman went up to the stage, I almost flipped. Well, yeah, you know what? It's like I get it. Everyone at the time understood, like, no one at the time was like, oh, we don't want Chikrin. Like, everyone loved Chikrin. But at the time, the move made sense, and we were kind of surprised to see what the Red Wings were able to walk away with, which was still a good haul. I mean, think about it. It could have ended up way worse. They could have ended up with no NHLers, and Philip Ronick's still on his team, without a contract, mind you. And that will need attention someday. But he is still on his team. Yeah, it's almost September. (laughs) We're getting close. We're getting very close. Anyways, that's Franz Nielsen uh, being bought out. Um... New era, I don't know if you considered it before or if that's dramatic to say. Us on this show, dramatic? No. Well, it is. Like I said, I'm going to watch Red Wings games this year with a very different feeling. Mm -hmm. Because last year it was just like, I love the players and I love the guys, but man, it was just dead space every time Helm and Glenn Denning jumped over the boards and they were playing 15 minutes a night. I'm like, there's no future here. There's no offense here. Like We know how the shift is going to go. And that was 25% of the game. Like, that's gone now. Like, every line has something worth watching. Okay. You're going first, Evan. Who gets the A's? And you can say, like, it's rotating or only two people get the A's. Larkin has a C. There's two uh, alternate captains available. Who gets them on their jerseys? Hold on. Are we doing who we would give them to or who we think it's going to be? Both. Do both. Okay. I have a feeling Nicoletti's going to get one just because of his games played in the NHL. Mm Mm-hmm. Who else should get one? Um, I think it's got to be a forward, right? Um, I feel like there's one obvious one. Well, the fact that I can't even think of the lineup right now in my head is uh, not a good sign. I was a thinking maybe to our previous conversation. Yes, <laughs> it might be. For, I was thinking Bertuzzi, maybe. Yeah, I. Is that who you want or who you think will happen? I'll just submit those as for both. As the same, yeah. So. Here's the thing. I would like Bertuzzi to get it. I I think that's pretty indicative of the what he brings to the team and the fan base, and the energy. I'll say Bert, and I don't know. It's hard to give it to a new guy with Nick Letty, so I, I'm almost okay with giving it to like a Mark Stahl or something like that. But I'll say Bertuzzi and Gagne, actually, um, who I think will get it, is I think it'll be Sam Gagne and Mark Stahl. Um, so neither of you said who I thought the obvious one is, so I'm clearly wrong on that. So if I, if it were me, I'm giving the A's to Bertuzzi mm-hmm. and Philip Hronick. Oh, cause I think there's another one that's obvious. Well, Hronick plays the most minutes of any Red Wing and he's a D and he's a guy who's going to be here for a while. He's, if you want to quote those intangibles, leadership stuff, Hronick seems to have it. He's fought guys for his teammates yeah, that's fair. he plays a ton of minutes he plays every situation we can argue so we're blue in the face about how well he does any of these things but he does them 
and he does them at least adequately and he's young enough that he can wear that letter for a long time. I don't want to see just this yearly rotating assistant captains of guys who are going to be here for a year or two and then they're inconsequential and they're gone. So I, Bertuzzi and Hironic have futures here potentially. So that's who I would pick. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be Hironic and Mark Stahl. Um, cause they really do seem to hold Mark Stahl in high regard around this organization and for good reason. And, um, if, if they want to have that quote unquote veteran, he's probably the best candidate. I think Sam Ghani is another very good option for that. But having Larkin, your captain as a forward, you can probably get away with two assistants as yeah. defensemen. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be Hironic and Stahl. Um, I think Bertuzzi and Gagne are both going to get consider- like a lot of consideration as well. I think if they're alternating alternates, so to speak, uh, I think you can also see Danny DeKaiser in the mix here. It really depends on how much he plays, and I don't think that's going to be a lot this year. I think of every player on the Red Wings, Danny DeKaiser is the least likely to be back after this season. So it feels, Oh, agreed. It feels like you're just throwing that A away. And it like Stahl could just hang on for a bunch of years as that one-year contract, one-year contract, one-year contract. Gagne could very much do the same thing. So even though their contracts are different, you can see them spending a few more years with the team. I don't think that's happening with the Kaiser. But again, if if you're looking at building something with this core, yeah, you give it to Burt and Hronik because they're the two guys in their mid-20s who have the quote-unquote leadership qualities that might be here for half a decade still. Does the Bertuzzi contract situation, and I guess by affiliation, the Hronik contract situation, do those factor into the decision whatsoever? Hronik's no, because he's an RFA, and I think we all agree something's going to get done. So unless something goes horribly there, I don't think it's going to matter at all. Bertuzzi's could. It feels like this hasn't been going swimmingly behind the scenes, which will obviously impact how the GM and the coach look at the player. I don't think it should matter, but I th- I think it does. All right. Um, one last note about roster construction. Construction together lineups whatever uh we actually had a patreon exclusive or an off-season mode we still do midweek patreon exclusive and uh last thursday yeah last thursday night we did one on uh, projected opening night lineup so if you're a patron make sure to go enjoy that patreon.com slash podcast or uh, on your custom rss feed that you can get from the site uh anyhow uh we talked at the beginning of the show about swole valeno um nice to see him I mean, this isn't like a notable thing. Every A lot of players do this. But to see him work so damn hard this summer to put on that much muscle mass, especially like the guy has played nonstop hockey, like a full season over in Sweden, came over, finished off the year in Detroit, um, like, you know, coming over and playing in North America and then jumping the moment his offseason started, jumping into his, uh, you know, offseason workouts to add that much muscle mass, like, that is a lot of work. He's young and he's able to do it. Is it crazy to say that it makes me feel a little bit more hopeful for his prospects of making the team? It's if for anything else, I, I think this gives me more hope from a mental standpoint that he's this into it, this dedicated, like, which isn't new. Like, at, no, no, this done. is who Valeno's always been, but to go this hard after it and be this honestly successful mm-hmm. doing it. Because, you know, people can do whatever they want in the offseason, but if they don't fully commit to it, it doesn't always work out. Um, no pun intended. But 
yeah, he uh, he's he's in it to win it, so it's a good sign. And obviously, being in better shape is better than the alternative. And it is, I can attest to that. <laughs> and it's also worth noting too that a lot of NHL players during the season really do struggle to keep weight on. Like Tyler Sagan struggles with weight uh, during the season; have been very public. He drops to like three percent because he just can't keep up um so seeing a guy like valeno getting this big of a head start if you will is probably going to help him a lot towards the end of the season and not to like overstate the amount of games he played in michigan i think he played like a handful each in detroit and grand rapids it can't have been more than 10 or 11 games total but still like it's a long season a lot of consecutive work so even if he doesn't make opening night roster, like this guy will be up at some point in the year. Yeah, he's knocking on the door. Yeah, he's number one on speed dial this year. Okay, uh, let's give this some attention because I think it's funny. Um, Twitter user uh, Ben Lloyd um, found on Fanatics was being advertised oh. a Sergey Fedorov Detroit Red Wings Fanatics authentic jersey retirement night official game puck, and at first it was very like. Hmm, because Fanatics is, they've leaked stuff before because, you know, competence is a word. Uh, anyhow, they've leaked some stuff before. I think the Larkin uh, captaincy uh, was leaked by Fanatics, among some other groups. Um, and so people were like, is this it? And it turns out it's actually just the puck that was used for his Hall of Fame night, like five or six years ago. Oh, just a placeholder image. Don't buy into it. Look. I'm just saying someone had to think of Jersey retirement. The, the, the Occam's razor, like the simplest answer here is that an intern who knows more about football or baseball than anything else, but was doing product labeling across, you know, the NHL that day, they mixed up in their head, hall of fame night with Jersey retirement night, probably just a slip of the brain and typed it in or the tinfoil hat and the much more fun theory is that Evan is actually right with his joke and it is just a placeholder image and they will have a Jersey retirement night puck because who else would bridge that gap between Fedorov and the organization with all of the friction between them because of everything that happened other than Steve Eisenman. And I think, Hey, that is fun to imagine. So I'm generally not, the conspiracy theorist on this podcast. And I tend to shoot these things down uh, as a habit as someone should do not leave me unchecked, but I want this one to be real. So I'm going to try and justify it. His hall of fame night was a long time ago. What, why would it have changed on that website now? What, why is this a thing now? It's, I don't know that it changed recently or other or someone looked it up recently and it's always been like that and no one ever noticed. Like, I can't say I that. I feel like that's hard to believe. I feel like that, like over five years, someone would have noticed. Now, to be fair, there could be Twitter posts from like four years ago going, hey, what the hell? And we just haven't found them. But I want this to be real. So I'm going to hope that this was a, hey, we were getting ready for the sale and for everything this season. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I know some people are torn on it. Are, are any of us in here, are any of us in here anti-retire Fedorov's number in Detroit because of the way he left and everything that happened? The Illiches are. It, I mean, they're not in the room, though. That's correct. <laughs> you look, 
you looking off camera before saying that is Loki one of the funniest things that you've done. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, well, yeah. there are there are two camps in this: those who want Fedorov's number retired, and those who are wrong. Don't even play devil's advocate on this one. <laughs> For the sake of time, I won't this time. But there are people who w- who will put up legitimate arguments. I under I know what those arguments are. I understand them. Uh, they're still wrong. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, fanatics and jerseys and all things like that, let's jump over to the unfortunate news. Three inches by three and a half inches. No, I'm not talking about what you think I'm talking about. <laughs> and always disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's... Thank you for looking at Evan there and not me. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> dad and all that, right? Uh, boy, this is... A dis- speaking of disappointing. Um, <laughs> it's what you said. Anyways. Yeah, so the NHL has confirmed that they are going to be adding or their teams will have now the opportunity to sell a three and a three and a, three by three and a half inch space on their jerseys on a uh, like chest, upper chest, shoulder patch area. Oh, they can pick shoulder patch or chest patch? No, no, no. Sorry. Like, I mean, chest like towards the shoulder. Like oh, where? so kind of like opposite, opposite of the captaincy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. For ads, for advertisements on NHL jerseys. President limiting it to just there and you couldn't do like a shoulder patch or a sleeve patch or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, for TV, you want the one on the front. No, I know. Like, yeah. It makes sense. Um, really? Like, look, I was the kind of person who during the first season after the pandemic hit, like the first full season, I was like, well, full. I was like, look, helmet ads suck. But for me, that's an okay response to try and recoup some money whatever and a lot of people said slippery slope and the only thing i disagree with was it's not a slippery slope because then we all knew the jersey ads would come someday there you never ever can fight the corporate greed and unrelenting you know directive to find profit and that's what they're doing here um doesn't matter all the rational arguments that are put up. For, this is for me personally. Does not matter all the rational arguments in terms of how much money it'll bring teams, how much money it'll bring the players eventually, how much more you know healthy this is for the finance of the game. Blah 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 blah. This sucks from a purely sentimental fan. This is what I like in my heart and my feelings and stuff that's not tangible. This sucks. I hate jersey ads. I'll literally never support them. It's brutal. I don't care if it's the least imposing one possible. Screw jersey ads. Does that mean they get sold on retail jerseys as well? That's what they do for other leagues. I would want that. Like, I feel like I need, no matter what the jersey is, I need the on-ice jersey, if that makes sense. So they'll be cheaper, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah, tickets to games will go they'll will be get cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. yeah, I love the people who are making that argument. They're like, oh, yeah, but now they can save money elsewhere. Oh, bless your hearts. The players <laughs> the players through escrow owe the owners over a billion dollars because of the fallout from the pandemic. This isn't – people are like, oh, the cap will go up. I'm like, no, they might just reach their goal of getting back to financial parity sooner, which is still years away. Like, this is – it's a reality that we all have to face. The world's still going to turn. We're all going to still be able to sleep at night. Sure. It does not change the fact that it sucks. We, When we talk about the millions of dollars, we're talking about it within the game, that uh, about the game within the game, which is the cap hit. No one's actually concerned about how much money millionaires or billionaires are making. This blows. Yeah. I, I'm firmly in the camp of I don't like it, but I'm. it's also with the mindset of I don't care that much. Um, it, 
it was inevitable. There's going to be weirder and crazier things that are going to happen. It's fine. I don't. It, it honestly, for me, it's going to depend on the sponsor. That's if you're a sponsor and you're listening to this, please, for the love of all that is good, on the red jerseys, make your the sponsorship logo only white, and on the white jerseys, make it only Red Wings red. No other colors, please. I am begging you. You know it's going to be orange. If it's Little Caesars, I'm actually kind of okay with it. Yeah, like it goes with it. Or what was uh, what color was the logo on the Red Wings helmet ads last year from that mortgage company? I can't even remember was what it, it was. Was it not white? It was white, it was white, white yeah. and red. Yeah, or was, yeah. I think so, they just blended it in. So if, if it's just like that, like the WMU across the chest, that's fine. I won't even notice that. That'd be yeah. whatever. Who they cares? should just go full tilt for like three years of just ads on every single piece of equipment. <laughs> to get this all resolved and then go back to something half decent. Oh, yeah, because they're definitely in the, in the uh, business of uh, contracting profits, eh? Yes, I think they will. Yeah, three years of full European jerseys, and then they can scale it back in a couple years and go, look, we're the heroes. We're taking all these ads off, and we're only leaving, like, six. Yeah, UWM had, uh, it was white and Red Wings red. They they did it, in my mind, respectfully, Yeah, and they respected the, the kit, and that's what they, whoever sponsors, if it's UWM or whoever else, Please do it that way. Unless it's, you know, own, Little Caesars owned by the Illiches. And then, in which case, you're just like, yeah, whatever. Um, what would be the best, like, ridiculous brand logo that we could slap on here? The best. The Here it, here it is. The best logo. The best possible way to do it is a company buys the space and leaves it blank. If you're a company and you buy the space and you leave it blank, we will give you lifetime sponsorship on the Winged Wheel podcast. No, uh, I'm trying to think of like in terms of ridiculous factor. I'm not talking good factor. I'm like, what would be the biggest eyesore? What the hell going is going on company? On It'd be funny if like the Edmonton Oilers sponsored the Calgary Flames. <laughs> <laughs> I would be confusing. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think of like just what brand logos are really big and brash and. A McDonald's logo would look horrible on a Red Wings jersey. It would, but it's. The red and yellow color scheme is actually low key, not bad. And it's also a pretty minimal logo. It's just an M, right? Like, I'm thinking like the Burger Burger King logo there. Yeah, it'd be rough. Something like that. Let's see. Google would be a pretty shitty logo. Yeah. Worst um, corporate. How, far, how about Apple? Just the white Apple there. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> uh, oh, man. What would be terrible? Pepsi would be a bad one. Yeah, uh, we should actually probably work. stop naming things. We're eventually going to get one right here. Bing. Imagine Bing. <laughs> Bing would be the funniest What's one. What's slower, a defense or Bing? <laughs> oh, man. Bing, Bitcoin. Yeah. It's not. I know Let's that's get some Dogecoin. Yeah, no shit. Or one of the more unsavory. Oh, I'm not going to say it all out. Stupid. <laughs> I know which one you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of ways. Baskin Robbins would actually be kind of funny. Like the kind of cartoony, like BR, the 31. Oh, get some pink and blue going on this. I'm down for yeah, that. Cotton candy colors. Yeah, if we, have to, if we have to deal with this, it might as well be fun. Okay, here's a good one. Whoever sponsors the Buffalo Sabres, buy the rights to their old Buffa Slug logo and then put the... <laughs> Put the buffer slug back on the jersey. Let's start a fun. Let's start a GoFundMe and we'll slap the Wing Wheel Podcast logo on it. I don't even want to begin to think of how much it would cost to get that jersey spot or ad spot. It's going to be like twenty, thirty, forty million dollars. Some someone bless them actually asked seriously, and I was like, okay, two things. First of all, if we had the opportunity to, I don't know that if I could in my 
my hockey fan heart do anything other than leave the space blank. And two, it, that I'm really, I admire the fact that you think we make that many millions, but we make less than make several millions. If I had 20 million <laughs> sitting in the bank right now, none of you are ever going to see or hear from me again. <laughs> would, you, would you be in this room sitting on a dining chair? <laughs> oh man. Anyways, uh, Jersey ads, they suck. And so all we can do is poke fun at them. I do hope like in, you know, accepting what's to come. I do hope that it's something that blends decently on the jerseys in that when we do eventually kind of block them out with our eyes, it's something that makes that happen quickly. So UWM, I'd be fine with that one. I thought that was fine on the, the this helmets. Adidas Detroit Red Wings jersey sponsored by Adidas. You just They just get an extra logo. <laughs> Dude, I'm not kidding. That's kind of like best case scenario. Right? Nike. <laughs> really an athletic company would be best case scenario. Lululemon. Yeah. Yeah, don't joke. They actually make really good stuff. Those would yeah, be the most Bauer comfortable jerseys. Partnered up with them. So now Bowers Apparel is going to be Lulu. Are you serious? I'm so hyped. That's you have amazing. no idea. It's way, It's so much money, but it's like, it feels so good on your body. Bauer. I have a. I get a discount on Lululemon. <laughs> why am I friends with you guys? <laughs> I can promise you my discount's better. <laughs> um, okay, message uh, DM at Brad Crisco for discounts on uh, Bauer equipment. I do have a limit. Um, okay. The Arizona Coyotes are being kicked out of their arena after this season. It has forever been a fight between the Coyotes and the uh, city of Glendale for their lease on that arena. Uh, what's the name of the arena again? Uh, Gila Monster Casino Gambling something. Gila River? That's it, yeah. It's pronounced Gila River, right? Gila, yeah. Gila River Arena. Uh, so this last season, or this next season will be supposedly they're last and they're choosing not to renew or terminate the lease or whatever it might they're be being kicked. Yeah. The coyotes are essentially being kicked out. And here's the thing. Uh, Batman and the coyotes have alluded to the fact that this is a negotiation tactic. It's posturing. And that still might be true. Like until they're actually not playing their next season, a lot of things can change. Like there's no legislation binding them to not ever be able to renegotiate this. However, it is the latest chapter in a long saga of hockey in the desert. What does Arizona do now? You know, the very obvious joke that I think everyone made was, you know, Quebec City, Houston, Kansas City. There's a lot of teams that want hockey. Um, the the NHL is not expanding. Please, for the love of God, leave it at 32. Do they move? Do they try to move back to Phoenix, which they should do? I've what? heard Phoenix. I've heard Tempe. I've heard this. So the there's one big part of this conversation that I keep seeing being left out over and over and over again, which is why this is so different than every other team that's moved in NHL history. The owners of the Coyotes don't want out. This is their team and they want it in Phoenix area. It's not like they're itching to get the hell out of there. Now, is it on the table that they'd be like, yeah, screw it, we're moving to Houston? Sure, it's on the table, but that hasn't been discussed. That hasn't been put forward. Rumors of that haven't leaked. So the Marillos are still owners of the Coyotes. And as of this moment, have no intention to sell despite being evicted from the arena. And have a lot of gambling money to make. And yeah. Arizona is a very favorable state to be in for that. Yeah. So we we have to remember that in every conversation. So I understand that because of the ownership situ situation, because of the options in Phoenix and Tempe, it's very likely the Arizona Coyotes are going to remain the Arizona Coyotes. However, they shouldn't. 
That's the reality of it. This, this has been a debacle since they've got there. They, there has never been peace and profitability in Phoenix. They, even when they're good, they struggle to sell out until the playoffs. There's always some kind of arena battle, location battle, attendance battle, something going on there. And even the games they do sell out or get close to selling out, it's, we've seen the games when the Red Wings go there. The building's 75% Red Wings jerseys. Like, we understand the problem. So if I was the Marillos, I would be looking at, hey, Am I going to make more money in Houston? To which the answer is almost certainly yes. Am I going to have more certainty and peace in my arena lease in Houston? The answer is almost certainly yes. Am I going to have better fan support and ad revenue and sponsorships and box sales in Houston or Quebec City or Kansas City? Pick whatever city you want. The answer is almost certainly yes. The Coyotes have been around for damn near three decades now. And it's been a shit show the entire time. I, I'm usually in the Batman camp of you don't move a team unless it is truly awful. Like you can't just abandon a fan base because those are hockey fans you never get back. How are we not at that point with the Coyotes yet? Here's the thing. <laughs> I I've seen hockey work there. We've seen little spurts where it's worked there. So if little they can, spurts in 30 years, though, I know, I know. I just can't help but shake the feeling if that they get a, it's not a place where hockey is naturally being uptaken, right? Like it, it this isn't, yeah. this isn't Toronto. It, this isn't Montreal. This isn't some hockey starved city that you, you have to convince the residents of Arizona to get behind this team, but it's doable. Look at what it's, what's happening in Vegas. Yeah. But it's not going to happen when the what used to be Phoenix Coyotes are playing out in Glendale. And I'm not going to pretend to be a, a, a master of geography in you know southern United States. It's about an hour away and a horrible travel from Phoenix. Here's a, yeah, find a solution to make it easy for them to support the team. Give the citizens of Phoenix and the surrounding area and the entire state a, a an arena in Phoenix near the city center or ne- in a place where it's easy for people to get there, make it easy for them to be Coyotes fans. Look, Coyotes have all the ingredients for success. Do they mess it up in 45 million ways? Absolutely. Do they have a storied uh, history of success? No, absolutely not. They don't have the pedigree there to, to justify this going on much longer. I just want, if I'm Gary Bettman and I'm, uh, Morello, I want to know that I've exhausted every option because A, the money to move is exceptionally high. B, there are a lot of nuance. There's a lot of nuance here in terms of being able to make profit from gambling in an arena that you own in the state of Arizona. And especially now that the NHL has gambling partners, they, the, they have to explore the option of trying this out in Phoenix. I know that's easier said than done. What do you want to do? Build a billion, $2 billion complex in a pandemic when no one has any money uh, and the NHL is still recovering and you're not going to get a lot of support asking for public funds? Yeah, that's going to be shit. Find a way to do it, even if you have to piggyback on a shittier arena for the time being. Isn't there an arena in downtown Phoenix? They were almost going to play. They were, they were going to share with, I believe, a college ball team, and I think it fell through. Well, that doesn't work. That's a college arena. I mean, the Jets, Winnipeg Jets playing like a 15,000 season. Yeah, but that, that, they, those people are insane who live in Winnipeg and that will be sold out forever. I don't know. Well, 
Well, I doubt Phoenix would even sell out a 12,000 person stadium at this point. There's a lot of problems. I get what you're saying, Ryan, and, and objectively you're right in a vacuum, but there's a lot of circumstance here going against the Coyotes. So even if they do find uh, an arena situation in Phoenix or very, very, very close to Phoenix, there is a reality where this goes well. Um, but a lot of things have to happen because the one thing the Coyotes don't have right now is they don't have that new team surge that Vegas got, that Seattle got. They're like, oh my God, this is new. The Coyotes have already become background noise to a lot of the people in Phoenix. So they're not going to be excited about whatever the hell happens to the Coyotes next year because they've already gone through the phase and they're out of it. The Coyotes are just entering a very aggressive rebuild. They are going to be bad for a while. So even if they get into downtown Phoenix tomorrow, it's not going to matter because they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league for several years. And then comes the money of, well, who the hell are they paying to host this team right now? So if the Coyotes can turn it around quickly, get a very favorable arena deal, which is unlikely, and somehow have a good enough marketing plan to drum up an interest in all the people who have already forgotten or stopped giving a shit about the Coyotes, sure, it could work, but that's a lot of ifs that I don't think have a strong likelihood of coming to fruition. If I'm Arizona, I wait two years and just weather the storm and figure it out and take some L's. And then I max Austin Matthews bringing him. <laughs> no, seriously, bringing him back to Arizona. would maybe be the fuse and the spark that that team needs to, to really boost it off again. I like it would may, be terrible, like contractually and money wise. And you'd probably screw yourself on the cap, but they need something. And I don't see anything coming anytime soon. Unless there's a genius there and they've got a they've got an ace in their hand that no nobody has seen. That is like I don't know what they're going to do. I just looked it up. A lot of the the controversy from a few years ago actually was um the Talking Stick Arena, Talking Stick Resort Arena. That is a terrible name for an arena by the way. Awful. <laughs> uh let's not forget the was it the Pelicans played or the Smoothie King Center, so it could be Go worse. On. Yeah, <laughs> Go on. You have on. my interest. Um the owner of the Suns pushed heavily against the coyotes ending up there and i think obviously eventually won here so i get it competing franchises if it's not the same owner like you're, you're taking money out of each other's pockets but i don't know man i mean i don't know it's There's, you're not like you're I, I get your point brad like if you ask me to make a prediction here i'm not being optimistic i just forever i want to see hockey work in the desert we saw it flourish in california we've seen it work in vegas we've seen it work in texas to the point where we're now talking about houston as a second texas team it's the greatest sport on earth you just have to sell it in the right way to people who don't know that yet if the coyotes were coming in tomorrow as an expansion team i'd be a little more hopeful than Mm -hmm. i am given that these people have already had 25 years of disappointment because let's not also forget it's probably worth noting that when the coyotes first got to phoenix when they moved from winnipeg they were a playoff team for several years. They did not come in as bottom feeders. They were in the playoffs their first year there. I want to say it was actually the Red Wings who put them out that year. Um, so, or the year after, it was really re- close. But we had their number for a while there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they came as a good team and and really struggled to get footing then. Again, that's the '90s. Things could have been done differently, but still. So they didn't get 
traction out of the start. When they went to the conference finals in the early uh, 2010s, they started to sell out, but only in the playoffs. It died off the next year. I mean, the arena situation is a shit show. The team themselves are a shit show right now. A very promising rebuild. They got like 19 picks in the first two rounds upcoming, but none of these fans are going to give a shit about those picks for three to four years. So can the Murillos <laughs> support a floundering team while paying a premium for a downtown arena for half a decade? I'm going to say no. Life is a nightmare. All right, moving on. Um, very quick note is something I actually meant to bring up earlier. Uh, credits Beer League Chump who tweeted this out. Um, Pat, Ver- Pat Verbeek um, said, sorry, that's a completely different topic. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, I'm good on that last one. Uh, Pat Verbeek has said that the Red Wings are growing their analytics department and says that the way they use analytics um, is extensive. What he personally likes is to watch the players and then check the numbers to see if they agree or his eyes are fooling him to kind of quote him there oh my god teams using the eye test and analytics what a novel idea it is it's almost like both have value it is such a non-story but it was worth bumping because it is the it's something that that bears repeating because people seem to be angry about this but the analytics and the eye test which is i think is a little bit reductive in terms of what the eye test actually is like if you're a coach it's more than just watching a player and going good bad like you're working with them on a human level day in and day yeah. out anyways those two are part of the same process if you're excluding one or the other you are stupid and wrong but you you mesh them together and that is how you evaluate I, i'm not going to say it's a non-story though because there are still a shocking number of nhl teams who don't factor in analytics at all and and in their decision making it reflects i <laughs> so the fact the red wings are embracing it it's not nothing because it strikes me up until a couple of years ago. I don't know what happened a couple of years ago. Maybe, maybe some management shifting, but uh, the Red Wings did not seem like one of the teams who were embracing it at all. And on the flip side of it, and not this isn't a counter, but just to to represent the other side of things a little bit here, there are a far too many people who take, you know, a snapshot in time in terms of whatever analytics. Or, or advanced stats that they're looking at, and they use that to extrapolate far too many conclusions about a player oh, or yeah. a team. Like oh, it's, yeah. you really do kind of need a fundamental understanding of both to to draw conclusions. Yeah, because according to the analytics community this year, Philip Zadino is one of the worst players in the leagues, and I think the eye test very clearly can disprove that. Red Wings fans watching know exactly like the the Red Wings have. Believe it or not, the Red Wings are not a good team right now. But yeah, Philip Zadina at points was the Detroit's best player on the ice. A lot of games. Clearly. Like it did not take uh, a, I don't, a master hockey mind to watch and go, oh, he good. <laughs> Without flaw? No, absolutely not. But yeah. no, still good. Anyhow, just wanted to, to put out that um, that positive note before jumping into overtime here. Evan, anything to bestow upon us? Yes, was stats. No. <laughs> thank you evan for this has been uh math mathematics with evan mathostatics we got to i remember it. nothing of it so what, what, you good. had a, what a minor in statistics yes and i majored in mathematics oh, okay i remember none of it so it's all good <laughs> as is tradition yes as soon as i walked out of that as soon as i closed the booklet for those exams it was out of my brain my my degree was in in biomed like a you know a lot of yes. biology a lot of physiology we were watching uh, a tv show mel and i were watching just trash tv and someone cut their finger open and someone said like oh you can see the cartilage and i was like there's no cartilage and i went 
Yes, there is. Right in your joint. There's cartilage on every coating every joint. Oh my God, why did I go to school? Maybe you're just negative. And you just 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 don't believe everything. Contrarian. I agree with you quite a bit, actually. I say yes to you That's a lot. True. That's not true. I think I you say no. To, it's more that you say no to me a lot. I say no to everything in almost like in my entire life until I can be proven that it's correct or worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, you're a pain in the ass. That's what you are. No. Let's jump into overtime here. Um, overtime in the Winged Wheel Podcast uh, is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash Winged Wheel Podcast. These um, supporters are the reason we are able to uh, get together, have. Uh, a show that continues through the offseason, covers so many different topics, uh, and generally feed Evan. Um, he eats 10,000 calories before every episode. That's just to wake him up. So thank you, patrons, um, for the literal lunch money. Uh, we're going to start by reading some comments and questions uh, with patrons. Uh, Eric Eric DRW says, when can we expect more details uh, on the Winged Wheel podcast night now that single game tickets are on sale? Uh, soon. Soon, uh, we're just waiting for some details in terms of like sections and reserving those and everything like that. So I think within the coming weeks, it's literally like daily check-ins to make sure that we're on the ball with that. So if you don't follow us yet, at Winged Wheel Pod on Twitter, we'll also email everyone who signed up for the interest form, link in the sh- uh, description of this podcast. Joe D'Elia says, hey guys, I'm finally going to the prospect tourney this year in Traverse City. Uh, th- this will be the first hockey games I've seen since January 2020. Uh, the NHL posted, which player jerseys would you wear from a team you hate? I picked uh, Pasta or Willie Styles. Thanks and enjoy your mini break. Ooh. Um, I hate a lot of teams, so this gives me a lot of options. I would wear, I think a Pasternak jersey would be sweet. Um, I would love a Krejci jersey, actually, if I had to wear one from Boston. Ooh, Toronto. I'd probably go Marner. I wear a Dion Phaneuf Toronto jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear a Shea Weber jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's, that's perfect. That's your only answer. Yeah. Cool Caulfield. Yeah, I could yeah. Wear a Caulfield jersey. Uh, Kucherov jersey, just to piss off whoever that still pisses off from Tampa Bay. Um, Josh Brink says, Brad, recently you... S- oh, Josh, man. Brad, you recently said onions are disgusting. I want to applaud your bravery. I, too, find them bulbous roots gross and i understand how difficult it makes meals with weirdos who like them i stand with you you are fundamentally wrong you cannot like chocolate you cannot like how are you equating onions to chocolate no because chocolate is a food that you can have a subjective opinion opinion on onions are a foundational ingredient in virtually all good cuisine no yes no that is factually incorrect bro you are it's salt and onions yeah He's not wrong. Yeah, and onions are such a strong flavor that they take over every dish they're in. So now you're just eating onion, whatever the hell else it's with, and it tastes awful. I can't argue with this. (laughs) No, you can't because you guys are wrong, and I'll die on this hill. You will die on that hill. Yeah, and I'm in the the minority on this one. I'll still still (laughs) die on this hill. There's literally tens of you. Air is so overrated. Ugh, I hate breathing. It just Weird. dominates. Doesn't everything like that comes the smoothie arena. Doesn't like onions. Honestly, the air right now, yeah, not great. Yeah, no, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, ruthless and toothless. <laughs> this comment is especially funny. Ruthless and toothless says you guys are like a volume knob, min, medium, and max, and that's why the show works. It's pretty self-explanatory. Who's who? It would make for a great shirt. Yeah. Uh, Arjun Shankar says at what point will fanatics cause enough damage to a team's brand that people stop buying stuff I Done. I don't think for the people who care enough to know they're not 
probably buying a lot of Fnatic stuff. And they are so widespread that we might see like minor improvements, but you're not going to see outright contracts lost until they, they just, uh, they beat tops out for the MLB card. And apparently they're going hard at the other sports too, which uh, not great. I I have more hope that they improve their quality eventually rather than, than them being ousted. Anyways, Stove Eisenman says, I saw this question on Twitter. You are a, uh, you were handed a single. Ooh, good question. You were handed a single do-over for any GM and move in your team's history. Just one. What do you choose? I've. I think I've seen this question before and thought about it. To which, going through the history of it, we've been kind of lucky as Red Wings fans because in modern history there hasn't been. There's been there's been bad ones, but there hasn't been egregious ones. I think you have to go back honestly to jack adams trading ted Lindsay for trying to start a players union and that's yeah. more of a but even then he ended up back in detroit at one point i so. know but you just hate that stain on history right yeah if like honestly it it doesn't even really fundamentally change the team all that much if i had a do-over it would be the entire process of how sergey fedorov's contract was handled yeah to the point cool. where it never even got to the offer sheet i just pay the guy and then his legacy is not tarnished in any way and then maybe we get an extra five years out of him in detroit the only other recent one was maybe the rasmussen pick but it's not like an egregious thing and it's such hindsight like yeah i don't know the quincy trade is also probably one that you can rail on yeah it's that's a good one uh aj voss says do you have any advice for making friends and getting started in a new city's hockey community just graduated college and moved uh, i played hockey throughout my life and i want to continue in a beer league or something especially now that i have post-college time and income no no don't know where to start i'm in a big city in the southern states so there isn't quite the community some places but i know there's rinks and stuff um uh, sorry if this seems simple, but I'm so used to youth slash under 18 hockey where it's relatively uh, easy to sign up, eventually meet your teammates and go from there. Find whatever drop in you can and just shoot the shit with everybody you can on the bench and in the room. It sounds overly simplistic, but the funniest and best conversations I've had in my life have all been on the bench or in the fucking room after the game. It's and you, I've literally got invited and started playing on teams because of those conversations. Some of the best friends I have in hockey I did not know before I met them playing hockey with them or against them or at some drop-in. So uh, I can't say anything about it now, but I actually have a really funny story about that that I can probably talk about in about two months. Um, If you can't find anything online for your closest arena, uh, literally go to the arena and they'll probably have something old school like up on a bulletin board for drop-ins. And if they don't, ask the staff. Even in the – go to their website. Like uh, even around here, there's – like the rim park drop-ins you go to their website register for a drop-in you get on a team and you show up um there might be pickup hockey apps or services near you as well yeah google it uh linda hall asks uh, i was thinking about deep pairings after the midweek episode do you think there's any credence to putting stetcher with cider after all he d- dragged a practically half to see stall into a good uh being good last year and i was impressed with how stetch helped power at the world championships just a thought if Stetcher can play the left side, I would love that because then it allows Lindstrom to draw in the lineup over a DeKaiser or an Osterley or whoever because, again, even though I don't think too much of Lindstrom, he's still young. He's still improving, so I'd rather have him in there over a guy like DeKaiser. Um, 
So yeah, if Stetcher is competent on that side, I'd I'd be for it. Uh, Evan Beckner says, oh, asked about Valeno's uh, getting jacked. Uh, Chris B says, who do you think is or was the better prospect? Shane Wright today or Jack Eichel going into his draft year? Oh, damn. That is exceptionally close. So it's it's tricky because Eichel was in the States, so we didn't get to see what his 15, 16-year-old hype was up here like we have with Shane Wright. And let me tell you, it, it's extensive. And then we have the caveat of Shane Wright losing a season in the OHL. Um, so with all that context behind it, I'm going to say Shane Wright. I can't honestly answer this without shaking knowing just how good Jack Eichel is. I'm trying to bring myself back to what Shane to what Jack Eichel was that year. I'll I'll also say Shane Wright, but just by yeah, it's hard to bring. I don't, I don't remember what knowledge. I don't remember what fifth like off the top of my head. I don't remember what fifteen and sixteen year old Jack Eichel was like, and I can tell you, fifteen and sixteen year old Shane Wright looks like he's going to be a superstar i remember when jack eichel was drafted everyone was saying if this was not the draft he was in this is a guy who's quite obviously would be a very easy first overall pick yeah right like you are selected behind Connor mcdavid that's the only reason you're second overall it's kind of miraculous that we got two talents like that in the same draft but one thing that like shane wright was the captain of the u18 team as a 16 year old in canada that's insane and then when was their best player in that tournament like it's it's insane after not playing for a season two yeah no kidding josh terrell says poor dennis chaloski just when he thought he escaped the worst possible situation he's now part of the greatest log jam of d-men in the league here's hoping he gets a chance one day uh you're gonna see a lot of those guys move out we saw the same thing happen with vegas yeah uh which maybe will be him michael barry says ryan you have to read the best pizza is from detroit also hope you guys are doing well yeah i got drunk and uh had some fighting words and tweeted out that picture of pizza from windsor and it reached new york twitter and holy shit they are ruthless and like i'm not upset i think i think everyone should fight to the death to defend their favorite pizza but oh my god i saw some of the quote tweets and i was like I think they might kill How me. about you have to defend the pizza of a city you don't live in? And then it's so like New Yorkers can't defend New York pizza because clearly they're just hometown homers. I mean, I'm a big fan of New York pizza. I'm also obviously a massive fan of Detroit pizza I think pizza it's because well. we don't have a regional pizza in KW. I'm I have no allegiance. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. good with anyone else's pizza. Uh, Jeremy Brocker says, my friend that I talk uh, the most hockey with is now listening to the pod. Uh, how am I supposed to mask the fact that all my takes come from you? Oh, yikes. Sorry. Just uh, jump back and forth between each of our opinions and yeah. then see which one he takes. Please having a rational, uh, please start having a rational takes. So it makes me appear smarter. Darren Helm is the goat. Oh, wow. I mean, you're off to a good start. <laughs> Bill Nye, the thigh guy says, glad to see you guys back in the studio. I thought Evan's word per 60 might go up 20%, but I guess not. It might, but we're in the off season right now. So. I very much am on cruise control. Uh, any bets slash thoughts if DeKaiser will get re-signed after his contract is up this year? <laughs> I it better be zero. I think it's genuinely really, really, really unlikely. Um, non-hockey question. Favorite or dream place to honeymoon? The wife and I are going to the Maldives for the honeymoon, but Loki worried it will be overhyped. Japan! <sighs> That's where we're going. Really? Yeah, we're going to do a snowboard trip. Congratulations. We're not engaged. Well, I mean, you said it. I bought the most expensive wedding of all time. It's called a house. <laughs> um, me and my wife both like warm. We like 
doing things, adventurous stuff. So the first place, travel-wise, this would be a nightmare, but the first place that's coming to mind for me is New Zealand. We are exceptionally easy in terms of if it's warm and it's relaxing. But yeah, like a place like New Zealand would be incredible. I always want to go to like Norway or Iceland or... Yeah, all the money. Iceland's on our list. What yeah. I we both independently Mel, Mel and I different times did the Scottish Highlands and like yeah, Scotland looks dope. Oh man, unreal! But legit, if it's Hawaii, like I don't care. So you've been to my homeland, I see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, next comment here is from Misconduct Racing, who says, "New patron, Misconduct Racing. Thank you for the support and welcome to the Dub Dub family." Says, "I've been listening since the 2019 trade deadline." Uh, can't get enough of your content. Keep up the great work. And I cannot wait until you guys cover the Red Wings for a living full time. That out of the way, I'd just like to say I can't wait until the first time we see Mo Sider lay a big hit on someone and hear the LCA lose its collective mind. After who cares years of the post lit Samira in the 2010s, I'm excited to see this rebuild through. Being a graduate of business school, watching Eisman do his thing is fun to watch. Let's go Red Wings. That's the kind of optimism the fan base genuinely has now. It's very I, exciting. I always love to from these awesome stories from patrons. Like I started listening to the 2018 trade deadline or the 2019 draft or one of these significant moments. I just want to hear one person come on. Yeah, I started listening in 2017 after the wings got fucking caved by the Bruins <laughs> and you guys just went off for an hour. <laughs> Something like that. There's for sure some of them out there. The thing is when bad stuff like that happens, people, I personally like, I have I I'm a big tennis fan, and when Nadal loses, I I I turn off. I don't want read any tennis news. I don't watch the rest of the tournament. I'm like screw this. I do not want to see Novak win anything else. Yeah, I hate that guy. I don't even like oh, tennis. Dude. He is such a like douche. Guy? No, I'm so sick of no. Anyways, yeah. Uh, the the t- t- takeaway here is that when people are pissed off, they generally don't tune into more. But it's funny because when you look at the alternative, I would bet when the Leafs got caved 9-2 to Nashville, that was one of Steve's biggest overnight growth periods. Yeah, no kidding. That video was viral. Uh, Obir Juan Kenobi says, I know it's a ways out, but do you guys have thoughts about Swedish defenseman uh, Sugma Janssen? <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to uh, is supposed to be somewhere between the sixth to ninth round this year. Thoughts? I don't know. I think of, I'm. Does any of like a Czech Republican cousin named Lick? Yeah, Lick Misak. Yeah, Misak. Yeah, something like that. Colorado Fourteener says, "I live in Arizona and I'm unhappy with the Coyote situation in Glendale. Hockey hasn't failed in Arizona; it's failed in Glendale. Putting a team uh, there would be like moving the Leafs to Oshawa or the Wings to Howell, uh, when most of the potential season ticket base is in the far eastern part of the Phoenix Valley, and the team plays between twenty to forty miles west of there. It isn't exactly a recipe for success, especially when you're actually trying to build a fan base. Hey." This actually affirms what some of what I was mildly guessing at. I think the franchise set themselves up for failure by going for the cheap real estate in Glendale. And as is the same with anything in life, you get what you pay for. Thank you for that very valuable insight. Uh, if not chickpea pasta, right to jail. <laughs> says, went to my first sporting event since gestures broadly and I have to say soccer in person is a different world. While those people are insane, I can't wait to get back to hockey, get back to hockey coming around. Watching some highlights, I don't realize I didn't realize how insanely deadly Verona's mid-stride shot is. Watching it in slow-mo uh, and looking how and when he gets a relief release off is unreal. While his production towards the end won't be sustainable long term, what point totals do you expect out of a full season of Verona on the Red Wings? Twenty-five goals, fifty to sixty points. 
Yeah, I, I'm almost a little bit more optimistic than that. As long as the Red Wings, I mean, I, I think that's realistic in terms of the defense scheme we saw last year. And I also look at his supporting cast. Anyways. <laughs> um, also seeing Isles Twitter clamoring for Nielsen to return has been fun. They really hyped him up as the Datsuk replacement. And I think it's only fair they take him back on a max term contract. Uh, as good as it gets, says started a stretch yesterday of five weddings in six weeks, two of which were yesterday. My fiance and I are going to, into these looking for ways to make our wedding fun, but also painless for everyone invited. Do you have any wedding tips or tricks to make a wedding awesome or things you can't stand at weddings? Um, midnight snack, pizza, poutine, burgers, whatever it is. And um, if it's an outside ceremony in the summer, make it short and sweet. Brad, I will give you credit. You guys did that. We came in at 22 minutes. Yeah. Uh, also, don't overthink it. Don't like come up with your rough plan for what your day is going to be like. And don't, no pun intended, don't get married to it. Like just kind of go with it. Crystal and I were very loosey goosey about everything we had to do the day of. And it made it way more fun because then we were the couple that actually got to have fun and experience our wedding, which happens a shockingly low amount. Also, if it's not an open bar, you're a monster. Uh, Stephen Clary. Oh man, I should have said this, uh, right as we were kind of starting the show, Miggy 500th dinger appreciation comment. That is all Miguel Cabrera hits number 500. Sad it couldn't happen in Detroit, in Detroit, but man, that crowd is going to be nuts when he returns there. Oh yeah. Uh, he still got a standing O and a curtain call. Yeah. I mean, credit to Toronto. That was really respectful. I felt, uh, Lars, Lars, the prophet of the towering behemoth says, just because it has to be said, Edvinson has been looking like a million bucks in the preseason for Lunda will be one hell of a team to follow from a Red Wings perspective this season. Lars, thank you for our Swedish hockey report. Um, Arjun also posted a tongue twister. Arjun, my throat hurts, so I will not be defeated by that today. Uh, but appreciate the, from talking a lot. <laughs> uh, Panyotes.com says, Good day, Dead Deads. Returning to remind you all to brush those absolute Muppets at Fanatics and get over to Panyotes.com to get some gear. Buy fans for fans. Although there's a strong message there to retire Stamkos and Tavares' number as well. If you're into that, then you'll love the options. With all those first rounders returning to Michigan, is it time to ask the question, or it is time to ask the question that has been on collegiate sports fans' mind forever. Could Michigan beat the Sabres and Coyotes? <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously not, but it'd be closer than we think. Jersey time. While we are on the mess that is the Sabres, what are their top three Jersey uh, Jersey incarnations? Oh, Buffalo's had some good ones. Black, white, and red angry goat head scheme. As number one. No, their current royal blue, actually. Yeah, well, I'll go with their OG royal blues. It's basically the same thing. It's a celebration, yeah. Yeah, and then... Goat head. Then goat head. You want to know what's my third? Mm. Their gold ones they had. The royal blue with gold instead of white. With the white gloves? The 50th. Did they have white gloves with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. That, oh, man. I I put, I'm putting those one. I'm seeing... I'm putting them. those one. Those Now that I, I've completely forgot about those. They were hot. They were the shit we got like we got them in at my store they lasted like two days it was insane um matt s says what kind of money in term do you think Ronick will get uh who still isn't signed <laughs> i have he is the most confusing one to me because i could see the red wings wanted wanting to lock him up long term but Hironik's gonna be like i played 27 minutes a night I, you're not getting me cheap and the Red Wings are gonna be like yeah but you weren't that good in that like we're not paying you that. So yeah. I get a gut feeling as a setting to a low uh low fours bridge deal. Two, three years. 
Uh, Winter Swan, we're going to take a couple Reddit Reddit questions here before we wrap up. Winter Swan 4334 says, chances number 91 gets retired. Okay, so we discussed whether we would want to. Chances it gets retired. At this point with Steve there, I'm going to say 50-50. I'll put it even higher. I'll I'll say three and four chance with Steve there within the next five years. Yeah. Uh, Loop did says, I'd like to formally invite everyone on Twitter to participate in something called hashtag rate my tape. You take a picture of your tape job for your hockey stick and have Brad rate it. I've already done it a few times. And while he didn't really like my handiwork, maybe he'll like yours. Honestly, that does sound fun. Like I just, I'm waiting for the day one of you sends me something even remotely respectable. There hasn't been one yet. <laughs> the last one that I saw, I, I, my response is real. I was like, I can't stop laughing because a, that's an abomination. <laughs> May the Lord have mercy on your soul. And B, Brad has to be losing his mind. That's hilarious. I was at work when I saw that one for the first time. And like, I guess I had a visible reaction and my coworkers like, what's wrong? And I showed them and they work with me in the same field I work in. So they were also equally appalled. And they're like, what the hell is going on? And I had to explain to them why people were sending me their TJs. And it was... They were concerned for you. It is the kind. Of, <laughs> it is the kind of Brad bashing we can all get behind. Uh, Mister or Max Smash says, "Been living through hell this week." Oh man, uh, my son was born on Wednesday and has been in the uh, natal intensive care unit with underdeveloped lungs. Been listening to your old pods to help get some shut eye while uh, staying with him each night. Really, truly love your stuff and I've been listening for about two years now. Little guy is almost through this, had an awesome night and is now off his CPAP machine. Hopefully only a few more nights here and we can bring him home. Keep on doing the excellent work you do from an emotionally and physically trained dad who appreciates listening to your old and at times wrong takes over the beeps and dings of the monitors. Patreon, here I come once I'm home. Um, Max Smash, first of all, I mean, congratulations on the birth of your son. And yeah, I mean, we're all pulling for this to him to come through strong and healthy, you know, as soon as possible. Um, Hope uh, him and mom and you are doing, uh, you know, as well as possible ASAP. So uh, happy our stupid voices and shitty takes (laughs) could help you through some of that. But no, we're seriously all behind you here and pulling for you. His his train of thought must be if these idiots can be this wrong and still have a successful (laughs) podcast, my kid can pull through anything. Uh, Keep us posted. Um, I think he'd look good in a winged wheel podcast onesie. So just uh, give us a heads up. Uh, And before we wrap up the show, um, we wanted to uh, acknowledge and offer our condolences uh, for the terrible tragedy that took the lives of um, hockey players Caleb Reimer, Ronan Sharma, and Parker Magnuson um, this last Saturday um, after a terrible, terrible car accident. Um, Obviously a tragic, tragic situation and an indescribable loss for um, their families, their friends, and the hockey community. So um, our hearts go out. Okay, on that note, we are going to um, wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh, For patrons, we'll have another midweek episode coming for you, either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, For everyone else, the uh, next episode will be on Sunday, barring any kind of like insane news happening. So thank you all so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank all of our listeners, uh, everyone who leave us um, ratings, wherever you get your podcasts, who subscribe, Um, our patrons, including our name level sponsors. Arjun Shanker, Eves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, Kyle Karagitz, Nick Perks, Brett Bailey, Terry, Driver of Crying Ryan, Hannah's Banana Slam and Jamathong, Taylor Tagel, uh, Brandon M., Carl Brutananaluski, Citizen High Five, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstom, DJ Denton, Give Blood, Fight Probert, Greech, Hana Lee, Hassam al Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, Jeremiah Dobo, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kaylin Wood, 
King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Kyle McClure, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, Peter Soderstrom, uh, Pissing and Moaning, Brad Crisco, R.A., Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin, Stacey Lynn, Stove Eiserman, Joe Santangelo, uh, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam I Wish I Could Finish Like Ernie, Antonio Gracias, Colorado 14ers, Connor Leighton, currently out of name ideas, Dave W., Evans Bingo Card, Halligan Beer, Jeremy Brocker, John Evans, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, As Good As It Gets, uh, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Matt S, Motorboat and Son of a Burt, Trevor Pevivar, Vaxed Fresh Cheese Bags, Zach Handyside, and Zach McCann, a driving range superstar. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.